0: Hey everybody, Jason Klom here, Comedy on Vinyl Podcast. Uh, This week I have Steve Franks on. He created one of my favorite shows, Psych. Uh, It's great. Uh, My apologies that this is going up only the day before the season finale. Uh, I've had so many episodes to to put up there, but um, this is uh, he wanted to talk about Steve Martin's Wild and Crazy Guy, which is great because you know we've uh, this is a second Steve Martin album that we've done that I had to sort of sit down and deliberately listen to because again Wild and Crazy Guy I pretty much know by, or pardon me uh, Let's Get Small I know by heart, but uh, Wild and Crazy Guy Comedy's Not Pretty any of those I don't really know uh, as well because I didn't grow up with those, uh, but he wanted to talk about them, uh, talk about this album and Steve Martin in general. Uh, And it was just a really great episode. I got to go down to the psych offices in Manhattan Beach, hang out there, and bring, as you will hear, uh, two sets of defective batteries, apparently. Uh, But uh, he's nice enough and tries to throw it on himself, but believe me, not his fault at all. Um, So it was a really great episode. Enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. everybody. Welcome to Comedy on Vinyl. It's Jason Klom. With me this week is Steve Franks. Thanks for being here. I'm so happy to be here, and actually, by being here... I have to I have to tell the truth that we're actually
1: in my office. So yes. it's like I, I didn't really do anything, so you're you're <laughs> you're thanking me actually gives me more credit than I'm worth. I actually would like to rephrase that and uh-huh. say, Thank you, Jason, well, for being welcome. here. You're welcome. And welcome here. <laughs> and I took Jason into our into our craft service uh kitchen and Jason only drank water. I'm so sorry. I'm hoping you'll take some candy, some sort of bunk cake. We have a nut nothing bunk cakes oh. nearby here. Mm-hmm. Um, which is always good. And uh, worst comes to worst, you and I can go and do a Jamba Juice run right after.
0: Oh, this. there you I go. That'll be yeah. helpful. <laughs> you wanted to talk about wild and crazy, a wild and crazy guy by Steve Martin.
1: I definitely want to talk. I want to talk about Steve Martin. Originally, general, I wanted yeah. to talk when when you when I first got the email from you, I was very excited. And thank you so much for having me of here, course. because. There's nothing I love more than listening to myself talk. Of course, uh, talking about comedy, mm-hmm. why things are funny, and mm-hmm. why uh, you'll find them a very easy audience. I don't like to uh, I don't like to get into the negative about anything. I just want to appreciate the great uh, greatness. That said, we'll probably talk about a lot of negativity today. Th- of course, uh, sure. but uh, but Steve Martin is you know the reason that uh, that I believe that I understand comedy. Yeah. At least to the to the extent I do now, mm-hmm. and also you know it's just uh, these these albums were you know as important to me, and almost realizing who I was.
0: Yeah,
1: um, as a kid, and uh, you know that it, that's these records and they were very popular. I'm sure there's a million people had the same thing. Sure, like, sure. Star Wars was a big influence on me when I was growing <laughs> right, up. You know? Right, right. <laughs> How unique is that? But this album, is, especially, is is one of my favorites. Uh, you know, and. uh, I'm I'm grateful that no one had taken it by now.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm surprised actually. I mean this is not one I grew up with, I think I mentioned this earlier, I just had Let's Get Small. That's the only one that I grew up with, but did you have Let's Get Small, too, or is this the first one, the first no, Steve Martin thing? You know, here's what's so funny is I, I look at these albums, I'm like, this is, for
1: the age when they came out, it was really inappropriate for me as a kid to be listening to them. right? And I believe I had them, like, right when they came out, you know, and I don't know if they were my sisters and I stole them. I know that this one was mine, and I know okay. that Comedy is Not Pretty it was definitely mine. But, yeah, we had Let's Get Small, and I, I, I learned so much blue language and so many terms that I would never understand. I learned what a diaphragm was from this album. Right, right. (laughs) So, uh, you know, and I would laugh with the joke and then I would go ask my friends uh, what this is about long before Google. I'm sure my kids will be able to figure out all the sort of vulgarities that I put into the world just just by searching them on the internet. But uh, but yeah, I had I had all of them. I even had the fourth album, the Steve Martin Brothers, the very I've been wanting r- to get that one rare record, which is like uh, you know a, a half of an album of sort of leftover things. It mm-hmm. had a, an unbelievable bit that I used to love so much called "What I Believe," uh-huh. that I think he performed on Saturday Night Live. Okay, and uh, and then it was banjo music on the. That's uh, what the other I thought.
0: Half. That's so funny. Yeah,
1: it's, uh, it's but you know the first. I will take it Steve Martin uh, any sort of comedy bit and mm-hmm. uh, you know I uh, I enjoyed it and I, I... I listened to banjo music because of Steve Martin, and I think That's that awesome. probably something that would make him happy to know that people of were course. sort of introduced to that music. You know, it's like some of the most important music that, I, that I've that i grown up with, that, you know, has been, you know, I learned the blues from the Blues Brothers. Yeah, 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 which, right. <laughs> which is ridiculous. You know, it's mm-hmm. John Belushi singing, <laughs> ba- sort of bastardizing all these unbelievable songs. <laughs> yeah. We were fortunate enough uh, to have john landis direct a handful of episodes oh, yeah. on our show yeah and we got to john is, is an amazing you know fan of the blues and, mm-hmm. you know i was able to go toe to toe with him with all these <laughs> all these blues songs oh, and oh yeah so i love this and the original little did he know all of my knowledge <laughs> came from briefcase full of blues and the oh, uh God. and the soundtrack through the movie he directed that's so funny so you know, you got to take it where you can get it. Of course, of course. You know, even even this Steve Martin's you know comedy and, and writing, you know, any I, I'm not like a, a patron of, uh, of of many of the arts. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, but anything I understand about painting and mm-hmm. uh, and and the finer things mm. were introduced to me on these funny little '70s comedy albums by Steve so Martin. Good. So you know, it's uh, he's done a wonderful service to my life. I don't know anybody else, but uh, but uh, I, I I feel like I'm a more complete person just because of Steve Martin. I,
0: I bet, I bet. <laughs> I mean, but you also said earlier is that n- n- uh, you figured out what was funny. You figured out how comedy worked listening to this, but uh, to him, but he's so. If I feel like for a kid, it's so obscure and hard to understand. I think it's uh, it's interesting that, that's, that that would be where you would sort of figure out comedy. You know what I mean? It's not cut and dry. It's not Abbott and Costello, you know? Yeah,
1: no, not at all. And it's a point of view. And, you know, obviously the... the Timing joke is in, the, is in Let's Get Small. Yeah. But there's so many things that, you know, that right, right at the top of this record, there's a, where he talks about writing the book and he, he wrote mm-hmm. the book called How to Get Along with Everyone. <laughs> yeah. And you're following along and you're expecting the joke somewhere else and he pulls the rug out way right. earlier than you expect. Right. And, you know, it's like, wow. Look at listen to those people react to that. I laugh. Yeah, I'm yeah. laughing at that. Yeah. And then he goes off and what I love so much about Steve Martin is so much of it it's intellectual, it's dirty, it's, it's sometimes it's base, it's sure. silly. You know, on on this show that I do and I I do a Telvin show called Psych. uh, I'm sorry, we should have brought that up. No, 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 no. I just, you know, in terms of uh, most people I meet say, what? Oh, yeah, I think I've heard of that. But it's a show. It's been on for a long time. Um, It's a hard-to-kill show. Um, At some point, point, probably soon, it'll be long gone. But... uh, but I, I sort of taken that philosophy with this show is that I always say to the writers we want to play all eighty eight keys on the comedy piano, and yeah. I'm praying that there are eighty eight keys on a piano, and I'm not wrong, but you I think parents. I'm I'm totally right about that. <laughs> uh, but Steve Martin I think plays all eighty eight sure, keys on sure. the on the piano, and so there's there's loud stuff and there's and there's quiet stuff and there's introspective stuff, but the the thing that 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 stays that that's consistent. Is is his appreciation for the silly, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and so few people do silly well, mm-hmm. you know, and if you just do silly and you're, and it's the three stooges, then it's, it's that thing. And right. It's one note. Right. But with Steve Martin, you get all these other things that mm-hmm. mix in with it. And I, I love a joke that makes you giggle 10 seconds after, uh, after, <laughs> after you've heard it. Yeah. You know, and and you get the big laugh, and that's always fine. But you know, I go through, and and he does that whole bit about like we were saying the books he's written. Yeah, and I, you know, you know, Trouble in Doggy Land is one of the <laughs> many titles that he <laughs> books. That's just it's silly and ridiculous yeah. and and funny, and you know. <laughs> And then you know it, it, this whole joke just is—it's a—it's a whole bunch of silly titles of books that he's written. But then you get to the last one, and then he reveals that, that the last one was significant to him because of the first one he started using verbs. Right, right. You know, and it's—it's <laughs> it's like oh, there was another joke here. Mm-hmm. And it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's nice, you know. It's—it's it's funny, and I, I think it's certainly less structured than comedians can get away with now. Yeah, you know. yeah. Sometimes the bits. They don't have an ending. They just right. they and I I, don't, I think by
0: design they don't have an ending. Mm-hmm. Another weird thing about it though is sometimes the jokes
1: it just fades
0: they out. Peter out, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you don't. I can't tell if that's an editing thing or if it was just him giving up and getting away from the mic. I can't tell. You well, know?
1: I mean, it, there's there's lots of moments where the, the guy is just taking the fader down and we're mm-hmm. going to silence and like, oh, okay, I guess that's the end of that. <laughs> I
0: know. Yeah.
1: And uh, it's it's really it's really so strange and it's something certainly as a kid I never noticed yeah. that the, the the bits fade. Down. And I go, hey, well, what happens after that? Right. So it, you know, it's stylistically a choice, but it's also, you know, to condense the album to fit sure. on, on a on a piece of vinyl.
0: It really makes you wonder what you missed seeing him live, though. It kind yeah. of makes you sad for never having seen him live. It was one of the things
1: that was one of my I mean, I was clearly too young for me sure. to tell my parents <laughs> to take me to the Steve Martin <laughs> show. Right, right. But it was one of those things that I just wish he would do it one more time. Yeah. Of course. Just so I could go. It's mm-hmm. a totally, completely selfish thing. Sure. But uh, um, you had someone on who's really interesting talking about comedy is not pretty, and I just just listened mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, I don't Jim remember Bruce. the guy's name. But Jim
0: Bruce, very nice guy. He very was funny way dude. more introspective
1: about. Um, he about broke
0: that shit down. I all, wasn't
1: expecting that at all. I was like, I almost called you to apologize for <laughs> the lack of detail I was going to go into about it. I'm just going to sit here and go, it was good. I made me happy. <laughs> but it was it was interesting. He would talk. He would talk about. Oh, I wish he would have done this, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I wish. He'd, he'd taken that and and to me, it was like, no, no, he just wanted to do what he was going to do. Right, right. And I don't have you. Have you read the the book? The I feel like an up? asshole.
0: I've never oh, read it. It's, I feel like such an asshole. It's, no, it's you're supposed to. You have to read that, and I haven't. You, you don't have to read it at all. I'm, okay, I'm I'm so
1: far behind. The great thing <laughs> is, and I'll go back to the television show, and then like people are going to go, why is this guy talking about his stupid cable network? People television expect show?
0: you to talk about this show. There are a lot but, of fans who listen to this okay, podcast, uh, apparently.
2: Great to be here for the uh, closing night show uh, here at um, the. Uh, what, what is this? Is this uh, San Francisco? Okay, been here for two weeks, and this is a closing night. We we'll do two shows tonight, and I'm really looking forward to it. So, um, <laughs> so let's get going, huh? I mean, uh, I think there's nothing better for a person to come out and do uh, the same thing over and over for two weeks. <laughs> and... This is what I enjoy. So I'm just going to do the same thing over and over and over. And I think rather than do it uh, just twice, I think I'm going to do it over and over. I'm going to do the same joke over and over in the same show. This will be like a new thing.
1: Just briefly. and I apologize and I'll go back to it and I'll apologize again. (laughs) But the funny thing that happens when having a television show to run is you no longer have time to read anything except the multiple rewrites of everything you're doing as you're panicking that you're not going to get the next episode out in right, time. Right, right, right. But the only book I successfully read mm-hmm. for fun in the in the past eight years, however long the show's been going on, is The Born Standing Up, just because it's something I can keep by the side of my bed and it's something right. I had to finish in one day. Sure, sure, sure. And it's 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 an amazing book just in analyzing, it's it's so much about him learning to be funny, okay, and learning what makes a joke work, and failing, and mm-hmm. doing all these things, and he, you know, he started it. He worked at the Magic Shop at Disneyland. Yep. He worked at the Birdcage Theater at uh, at Knott's Berry Farm, and mm-hmm. I have a small kinship to that. And that uh, I also, you know, was a, a victim or fortunate, however you want to look at it, of working for the Walt Disney Company at their theme park in Anaheim oh, for. God.
0: Eight and a half years. Holy shit!
1: And yeah, wow. for a long time. And I was fortunate enough. Although I, I probably shouldn't admit this because they would, uh, they could probably claim some sort of intellectual intellectual property to it. Uh-huh. But I actually wrote my first movie script that got made. Uh huh. While working as the foreman in the tiki room, so in st- I would go up there and I would tap Jose on on the uh, on his perch uh-huh. and I'd say wake up. And then you're supposed to sit there and make sure that that fountain doesn't explode uh-huh. and that the animation doesn't catch fire and that right. people aren't are not copulating in the back <laughs> or doing whatever they're going to do uh-huh. and immediately I would shut the door go into the office and I would write my script and uh, holy crap and it was uh it was a wonderful opportunity uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was in college and uh That's you know amazing. and I, I I had the opportunity finished finished finish a movie script because of that and uh <laughs> That's- Sold it and, uh, and that 's how i that's how I got into this ridiculous business that 's really funny, so I did feel kinship to him of knowing course. that like oh he was, he was on stage there, mm-hmm. and I was not on stage, but you know i I did stand up a little bit for a few years while I was in college mm-hmm. and you know just enough to know that it's the most, and, and you know this. It's the most sort of just from being up on stage. It's the most yeah. immediate, gratifying uh-huh. to have an audience just, just screaming back at you, right? And right. screaming happily, you sure, know, when that happens. <laughs> but it's you know it's the most immediate, great reward you can have mm-hmm. in in this business and in. And, you know, it was, it was really fun to do, but it was enough to know that, okay, it would kill me if I had to do this. If I had to yeah. try to be able to do this all the time, but mm-hmm. I, I got to have the fun of it. And, yeah. and you know, if, I felt like I would work the Jungle Cruise mm-hmm. and I'd be the guy driving the boat. But um, Instead of talking about any of the animation or the audio animatronics, I was working out material for my next show. <laughs> so it was, we were past the dock and you know as you know, we would get into the rainforest mm-hmm. and it was where are you from sir where what what are you doing
0: <laughs> crowd work on the jungle cruise it's yeah, amazing
1: I, I, I apologize to all those people who got on my boat on a bad day mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. but you never knew if you were having a good day or a bad day right. because you didn't know if everybody was dutch on your boat <laughs> right. or if they were just really sick of you <laughs> doing your own bits
0: <laughs> holy cow so um does this album feel to you, and I? This could be my own ignorance of of some of Steve Martin's process. Does it feel to you as it feels to me, uh, like he's trying shit out, or is do you do you how deliberate is it? Do you do you think?
1: It feels, I mean, it feels more polished I, sure. than uh, than a, a lot of stuff you hear. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it isn't the well-honed machine that Let's Get Small is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like a, a group has a debut album, and right. it's the 10 best songs that they've been playing mm-hmm. in clubs for 5, 10 years. Yeah. And those were his best bits, yeah. you know, in, in Let's Get Small. And And what happens, what's so interesting about this record is, is that, you know it's there's there's a handful of bits that were probably the other bits that he was doing sure and there was new stuff because you can see him affected by the fame yeah uh in in a way and there's a lot of stuff that you see sort of fall apart he does a version of the same joke twice a couple times on yes Yeah, yeah yeah he does you know, one about uh, some people have a way with words, and mm-hmm. others not have way. And he he, <laughs> right, he does right. another thing with language. You know, mm-hmm. it's sort of to speak with, pizzazz, You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's sort of you're seeing him working out things mm-hmm. on the uh, on the record, and you're seeing stuff that's also, you know, that. Certainly felt like like the the whole philosophy, philosophy, religion, language yeah. that whole section, which I think is you know, the highlight of the record for yeah. me. Yeah, along with Cat Handcuffs, which we should talk about. <laughs> we should give its own bracket to Cat Handcuffs. Agreed. As short uh, as that is, uh, it, it certainly deserves it. But it certainly feels very polished at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that the, what's amazing about this record is it's almost like there's the moment that Steve Martin becomes a superstar right in the middle of this record. Yeah, yeah. And it's half of it is recorded at the at the boarding house in San Francisco and half of it is recorded at Red Rocks in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And he literally starts this bit and it fades into a crowd of instead of a couple hundred people at this uh, at this small club in San Francisco it turns into 3000 people yeah. screaming and the <laughs> the the feel and the and the approach completely changes sure yeah and it, and it, and i mean you know for the worse of course because mm-hmm. comedy shouldn't be performed in front of 5000 screaming people because it's right. like as soon as you say You know, as soon as you say, you know, something raunchy, then immediately the crowd's going nuts. It's like a group of drunk frat people, you know, and it's – you know, there's – he still manages to pull off cat handcuffs in that half. But the rest of it is, you know, the more base, vulgar Mm -hmm. stuff. It's still – I laughed – I laughed like crazy when I was a kid about sure. still chuckle to myself, mm-hmm. but I just find myself pining for that first oh, yeah. half, the quieter, the intimate stuff with the crowd. And, you know, it's, it's essentially more intellectual. You right. know, and, there's and a lot
0: of catchphrase stuff on the second half too. I mean, there's a lot of him, either he's playing with it or he is just playing to the crowd and giving them what they want. I can't tell. I know, you know, he's a smart guy. So my question is, is he? I just wonder if he's doing that. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard for me.
1: I, well, I think so. I think you had to at that point. If, mm-hmm. if you're going to see Steve Martin, it's literally like going to see the Rolling Stones. Right. right. You know, yeah. at, at some point. And they're, they're, everybody's there for a good time. And he's delivering what he needed to deliver. Sure. I don't think he could do any of the quieter stuff from yeah. Let's Get Small yeah. in a room like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's it's it becomes all about you know the the characters the brothers from saturday night live i've never known their name the dan oh, Aykroyd, I looked it up today. wild and crazy guy i looked it up today it.
0: and i can't remember it that's really helpful to you i'm sorry no no it's not because <laughs> not,
1: not, you know to me it's like it's my least favorite part of the record sure. because i can see that on saturday night live he's doing it alone and yep. it's uh you know i guess the kitty litter part of it is uh, is more fun. But certainly everything everything that precedes it is is more of a highlight yeah, to me. Yeah. And you know, the the other interesting thing is is he introduces King Tut live, the crowd goes crazy and then the crowd just fades out and they play actually the single yeah. of King Tut. Yeah. And I go, Oh, that's cool. It's kinda of, it takes us out of the world mm-hmm. of the concert and the King Tut and then inexplicably the song ends and the crowd fades oh, back to right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Jesus. That's And so that's funny. it. Do, so. I uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, do go I, ahead. If you've got a thought. But um, I was listening to because I had to listen to it three times today. Okay, again, that's great. I listened to it twice it. today okay, and then good. over the
1: weekend. It's right best the assignment beginning. I've ever had, Jason. Good. Best assignment.
0: All right, well, that's that makes me feel good. The um, Actually, I wanted to – I didn't even look at the inside of this yet. It's him holding a giant cat. Um the uh, right at the beginning, I noticed because you mentioned he does that joke about language. I think he does it three times. I counted it on the oh, way home. Oh, it's three. Okay, there you go. At the beginning of the album, and I d- want to know how intentional this is. Again, it's it's all. I I do wonder how much of it he planned. He said, you know, I, I want to do the same joke uh, three times. To- I want to do the same joke over and over again. if so I even get away <laughs> with it, you know. And then he does that same bit, and he does. He even does the. Uh, I think I just lost my mind for a second. I think he does it at least twice too. So I just. Again, don't know if it's in editing that that joke makes it in there three times uh-huh. I'm just wondering if it's intent intentional Wait, you have
1: to think too that there's that there's one weird thing that, that obviously I have a point with with all this there's the weirdest thing we talked about just a minute ago mm. there's a two-year-old baby at this or a, t- <laughs> right. a toddler right. I guess at the show yeah and who the hell is bringing a two-year-old to know. a Steve Martin comedy show? Yeah. And then you think, oh, it's just a joke. And then later the kid starts talking and actually <laughs> throws him and sort of ruins a joke for him. And yeah. he goes, I did baby talk. You know? <laughs> and right. then he sort of gets flustered and then you can hear like a really sort of terrible edit where it comes right back to yeah. him doing the joke either on the same night or on another night. Yeah. But it, it's hard to sort of judge unless they say this was a show on April the 20th, you know, 1972, yeah. that mm-hmm. uh, obviously it wouldn't have been 72, would have uh, even right. been working on the Smothers Brothers yeah, show it's or true. something Good like that. Call.
0: And he still would have had black hair.
1: Yes, he would have, uh, although who knows, you yeah. know, he <laughs> went great very young. He did. Uh, but uh, but you know they're editing different nights. Of, mm-hmm. You know he said it's a two week engagement oh, there. Yeah, right, and right. is, you know. A- uh, so you don't know how much of it is part of the act and yeah. how much is intentional. And what this album has, and if you if you can get the actual LP version, there's a picture where he says, <laughs> "I'm oh, sorry, I'm making noise in the background." It's a picture of him. It says "Best Fishes," and he's got a fish inside <laughs> the uh, inside his white suit. It's awesome. But it actually has a set list of the bits he's doing, and it's some of these new bits, but they're also in between, he's doing old stuff from the other album. Okay. So as being the editor of the album, I'm sure you have to go through and <laughs> edit yeah. out, okay, we did that joke on Let's Get Small. and mm-hmm. so, so there's a lot of work. And obviously the <laughs> arrow through the head, the bunny ears, that's not going to play on the record quite right. as well as, right. as, it, as it will live. So maybe instead of being negative about the guy who, who just decided to randomly fade down the jokes, I'll just say he was doing the best he can with what he had.
2: I uh, had a good time since I've been here. I, I know that sounds phony, because every entertainer in the world comes out, no matter where they are, they go, hey, it's really great to be here. And it really sounds fake, but I am sincere when I say, hey, it's really great to be here. But I dig the scene here. You know, I'm into the uh, you know sophisticated kind of thing, and that's... Uh, because I went to college, I studied uh, philosophy, uh, psychology in college, and I'm pretty proud of that. How many people study philosophy in college? So they can never raise their hand, they always go, <laughs> like halfway, because they're so confused after about two years, you know? Oh, but shit. Anyway, I, um, I have a book coming out, I'm pretty proud of that. I'm getting more out of the comedy, more into the series. Oh, there's a little child there, hi. How old is that little child? Two, got a joke on. <laughs> These two lesbians are walking down the street.
0: I mean, I I wonder. I feel like there's less visual on here because in "Let's Get Small," there's there's quite a bit of like, now I'm going to suck this piano into my lungs, and then like, what does he do? Like, uh-huh. What is he actually doing there that gives <laughs> make that makes that really funny? Like enough to get that big reaction. So there's less of that on here. I feel like.
1: Yeah, there is, and on the on that Steve Martin Brothers album, the elusive fourth record, uh-huh. it opens with him saying, "I'm going to do a trick for the people in the back. It's the disappearing dime trick," uh-huh. and it's like. Gone, you know, and so that to me, it's like I love those things yeah. on a record because yeah. I'm just imagining, you know. Obviously, it doesn't. It, the joke of that is that's you're not so supposed good. to be able to see it. Of anything. course,
0: of course. Holy shit, that's so funny. Do Do you remember? Can you Can you spot anything in your own work that's specifically been influenced by Steve Martin? Or is it just it's all overarching? Over well,
1: I you? think that you know,
0: obviously, there's
1: been lots of things. We have a We have a running bit that we do on our show where. uh we introduce, we have one of our characters introduces his, his partner as, <laughs> my name's Sean Spencer and this is my partner. <laughs> and then it's different every time, yes, and, and the more ridiculous the better. And in this season's uh, premiere, he introduces partner Gern Blanston. That's right! Which is, uh, which of course, is one of my favorite bits from the previous <laughs> record and uh it was, it was steve martin did a bit and this actually is apropos for what you were just saying he did mm-hmm. a bit about my real name is gern blanston yes. and he's going to go back to it and he's going to do <laughs> he's going to do movies gern goes to college yes and, uh, do books learn with gern and <laughs> uh and but the funny thing is he also does a bit on this on this record called my real name yes has nothing to do with gern blanston nope his his name is just a sound <laughs>
0: <laughs> do and you- and right.
1: I love the sister's name. It's a heel. A heel oh, that's right. I, I, I did that terribly. I understand. Jason, I want you to do some awesome impressions mm, for me during that's this,
0: this. Not time. happening. Okay. <laughs>
1: Because they're never that good. I am heavily r- ridiculed in the writers' room for my terrible, terrible accents. Uh-huh. But I think they're just—it's—it's it's them reflecting their own. Because I think my accents are terrible, but they're not terrible, terrible. Okay. okay. So, uh, but so I don't do impressions, and I certainly don't do voices uh, very well. Um, but I understand you're spectacular, and if anybody ever has the chance to come somewhere to see you do impressions, <laughs> they should drop everything they have, pay whatever it takes and
0: uh and get there i agree that's very nice of you do you do you remember was this obviously not these were not the first comedy albums you got i assume were you listening to ones your parents had first or was it a comedy family
1: you know the only record that my parents had that was a comedy record that I can recall right now for the purpose of this statement mm-hmm. is they had the button down mine of Bob Newhart. Of course, of course. And that was the first one I wanted to do. And then that was uh, that was like the second yeah. episode of your thing. And, and you
0: know, though, I will say this, not to interrupt. We need to redo it again. Because if you listen to the first three episodes, they're jacked up. <laughs> we listened to it as and talked at the same time. Oh, it made really? made no sense. I don't know why we thought that was a good idea. So I'd be willing to do it again. <laughs> I will come back. And there. by the way,
1: I will come back and I will come to you. Woohoo!
0: And, uh, and I'm sorry, that's to Burbank, be hell. which
1: is the, uh, mm-hmm. the beautiful Burbank place that you uh, mm-hmm. you talk about at the beginning of your podcast. Uh, and uh, and that'll be probably exciting for me, and it'll get me out of my
0: office, and I'll be well, very, very happy to go somewhere else. As long as you bring candy, I'm okay. I will bring lots of candy. <laughs> I'll bring too much candy. <laughs> so did you did you listen to that album a lot was it a family thing or did you just find it sitting there and you listened to it yourself
1: My sister is 5 years older than I okay. so she I I got the benefit this is the best thing about having uh, cuz it was just it was just her and I in terms of uh, and siblings we didn't have any other siblings we had parents there so it was good <laughs> we weren't latch kids living in the house alone but I got the benefit of her generation and my generation okay. you know in terms of you know, we never went to the same high school at the same time, but right. I got the benefit of all the things that she liked. Sure. So I, I Steve Martin was was certainly more appropriate for her <laughs> mm-hmm. than it was that was for me. But uh, so I listened to those with her, mm-hmm. and we spent a lot of time. I think I don't think my parents sat down a lot with the uh, Let's Get Small record, right. but I think they enjoyed it, and okay. certainly we were Steve Martin fans across the house. We had the the Bob Newhart record, but I, you know, upon getting let's get small i became voracious for my for comedy records and mm-hmm. i bought anything that i could get i listened to all the, the old national lampoon records yeah. and you know learned like oh songs can be funny i had uh you know the two Tom Lehrer records okay. uh, that were uh, that were so instrumental in, in terms of like ooh, you know comedic songs and sure. brilliant. I, I le- that's how I learned about the about the fifties and sixties. From now. Awesome. I would not know who Werner von Braun was. Right, right, I would not know what Jenny is if sure. it wasn't for uh, for Tom <laughs> Lehrer. And such an you know such an interesting. Person and uh, you know, in terms of, if you ever get a chance to Wiki Wikipedia, if you if you don't have time to learn about Tom Lehrer, just mm-hmm. do the Wiki page and oh, yeah. just see his his reaction. He was in the spotlight for a certain amount of time and just, then just let it go quit. and continue to do odd little things sure. occasionally. Uh, but we had we had we had lots of uh, of records. We had, there's there's a record I, I I'm almost remiss to I feel bad to mention this, but the first. I'm just going to embarrass the hell out of myself. <laughs> the first Gallagher record is hilarious. Is it? It's okay. really smart and and really like and I thought Gallagher was just kind of and I, they only had there was a drawing of him it's a right. drawing it's black and white and I'm like this is really funny and edgy yeah. and cool and smart I had no idea he was the guy That's who was smashing so watermelons and, and becomes sort of the bane of, uh, of every comic yep.
0: but I loved that record i have to listen to it then I, you know
1: it. what it's probably terrible and it's, it's okay. probably just me and it's probably a product <laughs> of you know but this record the funny thing about this record is mm-hmm. I thought oh this record's not going to age as well as, right. as you know Let's Get Small and I guess it doesn't age. As well as let's get small, but it really, so much of it holds up, oh, yeah. and, and it's so funny and still groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's interesting in that it it changes the way I thought comedy could be performed. And I don't mm-hmm. know anybody. Who was doing comedy this way, right. Back then,
0: right. And I don't know a lot
1: of people now no. who do it the same way, no. right? Because he's doing a character, mm-hmm. but the character changes, mm-hmm. you know, for the joke. Sometimes he's an intellectual, you know, right? The joke's always on him, of course. But sometimes he's not intellectual, mm-hmm. you know. He can be as fooled as uh, as you want to. Yeah. It's always appropriate for the. Uh, uh, it's always appropriate just just for the
0: joke. Yeah, yeah. He feels to me like. And, like, he's playing – I've heard people talk about, like, that he was sort of doing a parody of what stand-up was or what that sometimes, uh, you know, could be. But uh, he feels like he is playing an observational comic in a different universe that's just slightly askew. Yeah, like, he's exactly. observing these things that are real and true about humanity but are obviously ridiculous, you know what I mean? I mean, if that, if that makes any sense. I don't yeah, know no, I that. think it absolutely
1: does. And it's, uh, it's fun to sort of see because the, the – Amazing thing about this is like if you listen to a Richard Pryor record, mm-hmm. you learn everything that you could possibly ever know about Richard Pryor yes. from that. It's it's you know it's bare and it's raw. Mm-hmm. You learn nothing about Steve Martin <gasps> no. except no. that he's probably a pretty smart guy who has a lot of paintings. Yes. Now. Yes, right. And it's it's interesting that he can keep himself removed from it in such a way. Mm-hmm. But uh but it, you know, it's it it just makes you more interested in him, you know, mm-hmm. and and obviously, you know, obviously, you listen to the record and you go, "I want him to be my friend," right? And, you know, right. It's, right. It's, it's, this guy has no interest in being any of our friends, you know. <laughs> it's because uh, he manages to keep himself yeah that distant, and yeah. uh, it's I, I don't know, it's it gives me a warm a warmth a warmth for the world just listening to Steve Martin,
0: yeah. Do you have you ever written any? And I am leading you a little bit. Oh, but yeah, have please you ever do. written? Uh, lead me, lead me somewhere. Have I ever written? Yes, I have. Have you ever written a character that. Ref- I'll just say, because Sean on Psych does seem to have, when he's, at least the way James Roday plays it quite frequently, has some really strange moments that really feel very Steve Martin to me, you know, like really over the top, like when he needs to be, especially early on when he was doing the psychic stuff and having his fits. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, to me it 's like those those things there's there 's a Steve martin
1: bit that um that it 's not a Steve martin bit at all but they they had this thing and we we recalled it was an accident the first time, but in the premiere of this season that he has a he has a character that he goes into to get himself information it's called Soup soup Can Sam and he's a homeless guy who has all this like the most ridiculous amount of backstory Uh and so they were going to go into this place to get information Uh, and Gus also wanted to have his own character but they only had the one beard so they actually (laughs) divide the beard in half and so they each have to be facing each other and they each have half of the beard And and Gus had to become a character named Satchel Gizmo who's is also this guy who has this elaborate, crazy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's this crazy backstory. And to me, that's exactly what I talked about earlier. Like, mm-hmm. the, it, in the writing of it, I thought, "Oh, the other producers are going to kill me for putting this in the show." Uh-huh. But to me, it, it was making me giggle. Like ten seconds later, and yes. the, the way that the great Steve Martin bits that mm-hmm. you know that I loved it. That, that it had to be in the show yeah. at that point. Nah,
2: it's so hard. It's so hard to believe in anything anymore. You know what I mean? It's like religion. I mean, you can't really take it seriously because it seems so mythological and it seems so arbitrary. And then, it's on the other hand, science, you know, it's just pure empiricism, and uh, by virtue of, it, of its method, it excludes metaphysics. <laughs> and uh, I guess I wouldn't believe in anything if it weren't for my lucky astrology mood watch. <laughs>
1: And, the, and those are the kind of things. There's, there's a joke on, on this record, and it's, he's talking about uh, he's talking about the, the Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. and he goes on and, and the, the joke is like kind of three-quarters of the way through, and a lot of people don't notice that the Mona Lisa was paint with, painted with one stroke.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And that makes me giggle yes. like 10 seconds later. It's mm-hmm. not like you're on the floor going, "One stroke. Right, right, right. You know, and stroke, and also that joke, there's a, one more part, and it fades down.: Yes, that's and, right. So to me, it's like I I love the silliness and I love the, the 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 way that you. That's all sort of what I've learned at least from Steve Martin. And, mm-hmm. You know, not even just these records. You right. Know, if you've ever seen the, the absent-minded waiter, the shorty did that got nominated for Academy I seen Award. It actually. It's really funny. Terry Garr and Buck Henry and uh, it's it, it it occurred somewhere in the, in this point between okay. Let's Get Small and all the Steve Martin TV specials. Mm-hmm. Which if you also go to YouTube, mm-hmm. you can find pieces there? of those. Oh, shoot. Okay. And, uh, and they're, pretty, they're pretty amazing. And a lot of them don't definitely feel like the 70s and are a little dated, and that's probably why they haven't been right. released on video. But there's still, still so much really smart, thoughtful comedy stuff. Yeah.
0: As a okay, but uh, as a writer Okay. Oh I haven't yes. answered it yet. No 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 no, no 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 you okay, have okay, no good, you have okay. no I am moving on. It sounded like I guess I that, have sounds, a... that sounded accusatory, I apologize. No, no, no. I, I have a okay, terrible you problem, problem answer never my answering question. <laughs> the question that was answered. No, you did. Because yeah. otherwise the answer would be I don't think I have anything exact. <laughs> the uh, I have. I personally have trouble. Finding what the through line is of this—not that there needs to be one—but as a writer, you're able to apply like silliness as a tool. You're allowed to, you know, pepper something you write with it. Uh, but you also have to keep in mind story. You have to keep in mind character. Keep in mind pathos. You have to keep in mind all this crap, e- even if you're not thinking about it consciously. I'm telling you everything you think, things you already know. But some of I it, wonder some what's what's stringing it together here that I'm not noticing. You know what I mean? And do you notice something that maybe sucked you in? And kept, what keeps you listening besides it's silly? Or is that just it? Do you think that's it?
1: No. I mean, I think uh, to me it's like I think it's smart and stupid at the same time in okay. and, and, yeah. and, and a weird way. And I think, you know, not a lot of people there's realize that those can work hand in hand. Sure. And that there's a, there's a, there's a world. And I guess it's a tonal thing mm-hmm. more than anything because we're not specifically doing – you know, we're not doing stand-up style bits. Right. We are, our guys are going off on their own thing, but we have, we have a mystery to solve and all the dr- yeah. dramatic things and a story. And then we reluctantly add in clues and solve the crime <laughs> because mm-hmm. we have to. But we really want to get to, to the bit where the two guys are, are each wearing half of a beard uh, sneaking <laughs> right. into a gun range, you know. Right. So to me, it's, it's more about that approach. And the great thing, too, about Steve Martin is that, that the victim is always him. In the crime, it's always this sort of character, sure, and that's important too because so much comedy is hate filled or Mm -hmm. whatnot, and Mm -hmm. you know, and not to say that I I would never get up on a soapbox and say, "Hey, I don't like this hate filled comedy," because I'm the first guy to go, "Oh my god, that's so great! I love Bobby Slayton," you know. Sure, Bobby Slayton is you know one of my favorite comics. We used to go see you know back when there were comedy clubs on every corner, Mm -hmm. but this was interesting in and in and that it was the joke was always on him yeah and, and and that's funny and that's the thing that i've tried to take away from it is like you know it's like how about something that, that, that the joke is on us mm-hmm. and, and and that we're not there's no victim here, except for you know obviously every once in a while we'll go off the rails a little bit right. but <laughs> but it's i always try- i you know I just try to take the lesson of it It's almost like he's a professor in a really great class that I had one time, and mm-hmm. I should try to adhere to some of the rules that uh that he was uh he was talking about back then,
0: yeah, yeah do you uh he gets to because uh, of the time and where standup was and who he was, he gets to play with uh, being self-referential. Psych being a really heavily re- culturally referential show, you s- I feel like you still have to really avoid too much self-awareness. In I don't to- think you can. No, I don't. Think no? you I don't think, or I don't think you need to. No, I think too okay. much self.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean culturally, the, the references you can't go too far for sure. me because. For me it's like I'm a consumer at heart mm-hmm. and I love things mm-hmm. and not things I don't like I I'm the last person I'm 6 foot 8 so I can't enjoy clothes or or cars so i can never like enjoy the things that make people feel like they're they're hot shot sure 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 but i love snack foods Mm -hmm. and i love candy and Mm -hmm. i love movies and you know and all all those little things you know i'm not even a technophile so you know I, i i reluctantly you know get an ipod after they've been out for 15 years yeah but I love pop culture, and I love sure. I love the silly things that uh, you know. From so for me, referencing that is is part of my life. Mm-hmm. It's it's my vocabulary, and I think on our show we drive the people at least, you know, who do the the licensing deals um, insane because we give more free references sure. Than sure anybody. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's always when when they'll, they'll call us and they'll say, you know, they'll call us with something and they say, hey, uh, Del Taco wants to do something. Not that they have, they haven't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, I love Del Taco. I love the combo burrito. And I said, can we <laughs> talk about the combo burrito and can we talk about the spicy jack quesadilla <laughs> with the no chilies? or yeah, with the chilies. Oh, yeah, I keep the chilies in there. <laughs> So, for me, it's always about something I love. And then they'll say something, and i am like, oh, okay, that vacuum. Uh, I don't know. It's, yeah. you know... So I, I'm a sellout in terms of I have things that I love. Like I've been right. I've been trying to promote the Coke Freestyle machine for the last five years. I tried to get one in an episode. You uh-huh. know what the Coke Freestyle machine is? Hey, I have heard of it. It's it's a machine. It's the most magical thing in history <laughs> ever. I'm gonna put it on. You, and you can cut this out if you want to, but it's it's almost like a it's like a computer okay. Coke machine, and it's got all the it's got this touch screen, and oh, it has yeah. 107. I don't know what it is right now. Let's say it's 107 flavors that you can do. So you can do yes, Diet right. Coke. Okay. And, hey, that's great. Well, like, oh, hold on. I want grape Diet Coke. I want caffeine-free grape Diet Coke. And hey, you can this. sort of mix these. And I'm sure these little cartridges that are like ink cartridges. Or there's little magical Oompa Loompas inside. Could I be. don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm looking either way. But uh, <laughs> these concoctions are made for you. And I love that machine. And I've been just trying to get the word out. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I try to get the Coke company to come to me. It's like, right. get me one. And we... We had this, I'll say it's a kerfuffle, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but trying to get this machine into Canada where we shoot. really, And we couldn't do it. But I had this wonderful bit written for uh, oh. that Sean, you know, he finally gets some money. And the one thing he wants is a Coke <laughs> Freestyle machine because that's my dream too. Even right. though I don't ever think about how would I ever reload all the cartridges right. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure there's lots of service that goes along with it. I'm frightened at the cost. but uh, Yeah, exactly. It's, I, I, but it's beautiful and yeah. compact. It's spacious. I think it would probably fly to the moon if you uh, if you asked it to.
0: <laughs> I probably haven't answered any of the last five. That's questions. That's fine. No, we got to talk about soda. We got, we to, got to talk about soda. <laughs> we
1: talked about that. We talked about comedy. We haven't so- talked
0: about Snyder's of Hanover. I feel like we could talk about oh, that for a whole. Issue. I do. I love the. Snyder's now that of I know that you must indeed love them, you know that we even makes it funnier.
1: Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Snyder's of Hanover has been one of our great <laughs> sponsors. They came to us early on, and I they started their pitch, and I said. Guys, stop. Mm -hmm. Just stop right now. I'm going to tell you a story. Every year, I drive out to with my wife. We drive out to spring training in Arizona. Uh And I stop at the Snyders of Hanover (laughs) factory. And they close, those sons of bitches at this place, close at 5 o'clock. And how am I supposed to on on a Friday or uh-huh. whenever I can get out of work to drive right. out there get get to the point where I am already in i believe oh, this i 'm just embarrassing I would know the city i 'm going to pretend like i don 't know the okay. city okay i don 't know it's, it's you know i 'll say it 's Chandler which it 's definitely not because uh-huh. Chandler is the home of of, of Cracker Barrel and, uh, and there's also two other Cracker Barrels before that we're not uh-huh. going to talk about that that's fine but the Snyder's of Hanover <laughs> Factory how can I get there by five and so uh, I was in mm-hmm. but they, they and they said I said the only thing I ask is that you bring back the honey barbecue pretzel <laughs> pretzel bites <laughs> and they go not only are we bringing them back we have them right now. I'm like, this is, oh, this is so amazing. (laughs) And so they said, we're going to send a whole box. And they sent this amazing giant box of these individual, like, it's like cases, like there's two guys carrying this giant box. Oh my God. Turns out it's the Honey mustard it 's the mustard barbecue, oh. totally different thing, not that good oh i 'm sorry, so all those all those bags i I was the one who was supposed to eat them all right. they just kind of went to just waste. i there. think there 's probably two two or three bags still somewhere <laughs> in our kitchen, so if you go back there, you find some Snyder's of Hanover, anything with mustard barbecue don 't touch them right' uh, it'll
0: probably take ten years to digest This album kind of feels like it is. Uh, dripping with pop culture, regardless of references, he's very much of his time, like I said a second ago. But uh, it's very high pop. You know what I oh, mean? Yes, it's, certainly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you, there, there's certain. Give it a couple years, and music would become very similar. You know, music was becoming bubblegum and becoming new wave and becoming very polished. While he's not polished, it's. I guess I don't I, I don't know where I'm getting this sense, but I mean do you, does that make sense? To well yeah, you? no, certainly. I mean there's
1: one of the great run ups is he talks about philosophy and he goes on this whole thing about metaphysics and yes. all, all of
0: this stuff. It's a
1: really intellectual run and, and dismissive way, about it too. Yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> and then he says, Oh, I I wouldn't believe in anything if it wasn't for my lucky astrology mood watch, <laughs> yes, you know? Yes. And that's you know, that's certainly of the time, and mm-hmm. the, the, the mood ring, I remember, never had one, which uh, I always wanted one. Sure. They seemed to be always like some sort of puke, green, gray, <laughs> but uh, yeah, certainly that was, uh, that was like the sort of hip uh, uh, thing at the time, and uh, uh, you know, he manages to stay out of it.
2: Wouldn't it be weird if you died, and you woke up, and you were in heaven, just like they always told you, and everybody had wings on, and, and pearly gates? Wouldn't you feel yes. stupid. <laughs> oh no! You mean that this is what? Ah! Oh. In college, they said this was all bullshit. Oh well. I'll just come in and what? You've been keeping records on me? Well, I wasn't so bad. How many times did I take the Lord's name in vain? Ooh
1: million six oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> You know what's interesting too? Speaking of, of the time, mm-hmm. just before, at the midpoint where it becomes the giant concert, yeah. he actually does he actually does a financial disclosure yes. where yes. he talks about he has to give thirty five percent to agents and and there's a great line about uh the percentage that is goes to development of new material, yeah. which is point oh 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 one percent. And then he talks about he did he did the math at three dollars a ticket mm-hmm. fill a three thousand seat house, you make nine thousand dollars, which is you know, it's like, wow, tickets for $3. Right. Earlier in the show at the, at the boarding house, he says, you know, he's playing banjo and he goes, ah, it's great creativity. It's like, you know, it's not often you can pay $4 to see somebody jack off like this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, so it's like, wow, it's tickets for $4 and so $3. And then he does this, and then the the bit goes on to say, if it was seven fifty a ticket, it would it would be this, and I'm I'm gonna say twenty two five, but my math is probably yeah, I think that's right. Sounds right. Uh, uh, And then and he goes, (laughs) and just for fun for myself, he says, if I fill a three thousand seat house at eight hundred dollars a ticket, (laughs) it's two point four million dollars. And what's so interesting now is people. Yeah. Charge eight hundred dollars yeah. a ticket now, yeah. Yeah. and he's actually seen the future
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> in a very strange, yeah. sad way. Yeah, very sad. <laughs> that Barbra Streisand will charge you eight hundred dollars, but I love that bit is so funny because it's like one show goodbye, you right? Know? And he would make it all in that in that one <laughs> night. And uh, there's actually two times that he predicts the future, and I think it's it's actually the, the album you were talking about last time, mm-hmm. which is. Comedy yeah, is, comedy's not is not pretty. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how to make a million dollars and never pay taxes. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. And, and the bid is first make a million dollars <laughs> now. You know, and that's, <laughs> first <to> get a million dollars. <laughs> But uh, and the, and the joke is, you say I forgot to pay taxes. Right. Well, I'm listening to the radio. And I'm listening to Ralph Garman on K Rock, who mm-hmm. is uh, you know extremely funny, and I'm hoping he's accurate on this because I'm going to quote him on this. Mm-hmm. But he's talking about Lauren Hill. Oh yeah, uh, is was you know didn't pay all these taxes and. the... <laughs> defense <laughs> uh, according to Ralph and I'm quoting Ralph now that she said she forgot
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah I heard that too wow Steve yeah. Martin
1: uh-huh two times in this in, in this week uh-huh. has successfully vaulted 25 years into the future it's
0: insane the other related quote was that she compared it to slavery well that was taxes which was holy cow I am not I, I want to go <gasps> back and see that, that that can't be right I know Is that, I know. But my friend who's a tax attorney told me that that's what she read, too, because she's up on all the stuff. So, <laughs> holy cow. Uh, do you, uh, so, can I assume then, after this, were you a big fan of his films? Or I, You yeah. know, I did. You know, it's funny, because, you know, no one... No one can say.
1: Well, I mean, I guess people can say the, the jerk wasn't like it was a big hit, but mm-hmm. it seemed like you know when the reviews come out came out. And I was way too young to follow reviews. Mm-hmm. I had this obsession with reviewers and reviews <laughs> and following them, and you know the, the the same year that this album came out, I believe. I think it was. I think it was the same year. I'm. I'm I think it's like the, the movie 1941 came out. Okay. Yeah. The Steven Spielberg movie, mm-hmm. and it was. Debacle because yes. it was a forty-one million dollar movie and yeah. it was this crazy thing. I was obsessed with that movie, you know, <laughs> just in terms of the making of it, okay. and I I, I bought. a <laughs> like kid, I bought I bought the novelization Holy of uh, the saw the movie <laughs> and. Uh, I loved that movie mm-hmm. and just because I felt like I was the defender of 1941. Right, you know, right, right. I was the only person that was going to stick so with it. That's and funny. Uh, and, you know, it was one of those things with Steve Martin. It's like The Jerk came out, and I think it was a huge hit. Yeah. At least it felt, to me it was a huge hit. But right. I was a kid, so uh, who was I to say? But then it was, you know, Pennies from Heaven came yeah. out after that, and certainly that didn't happen. I And there was like a string where people were like, oh, okay, well, you know, you know, the, these movies aren't too good. Mm-hmm. But uh, to me, it's like, Penny's from Heaven is interesting movie. If you, mm-hmm. Even if you watch it now, you, it's almost impossible to find anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's, it's really a bold follow-up, especially, you know, from The Jerk. Right. But Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid yeah. is... It's you know obviously maybe there was somebody who had done that before, but unbelievable. You know and and but you know the the early movies there was it was it was hit and miss in Mm -hmm. terms of you know the man with two brains is one of those you have to go back years later. Yeah. And I don't know if I could watch it again
0: Yeah, I'm it's... scared of it I'm legitimately scared of that movie <laughs> I, have, I have nightmares about that movie oh really? Yes. Like... isn't there a part in the movie where a bunch of paintings are shaking on the wall uh-huh. some shit Yeah. no I watched that when I was a kid and I was screaming and crying so I have tra- tragic memory. I can't watch it again I don't think I could maybe maybe once but uh, it scares me you should go back and watch it just for oh. the
1: is it the pointy birds that he talks about a poem oh, yeah, that he yeah, has? yeah it. that's right
0: it's, it's, it's very very it's very strange so if but, anybody ever wants to know how to kill me. Yeah, exactly. Put that movie in front of me and I'll have a heart attack. <laughs> just so you know. Or just make
1: paintings come to life. That's, that oh, could, that oh
0: God. It. Oh, yep. Nope. Nope. That just be gave me case, chills. Be a case
1: for our show. <laughs> we could put it on there. <laughs> we there were. I'm trying to think of, you know, there were, you know, all of me was the one who sort of brought him back. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny because there's. Steve Martin's genius, mm-hmm. and I will say genius. I, mean, I don't think you should throw around genius, right, but it's but. certainly qualified for genius. For based, sure. Based on the book, The Cruel Shoes Alone. Yes, it, yes. You know, or Cruel Shoes. I added the, because it's the Cruel Shoes just in the story. It, it is. Cruel but uh, – but you know the movies are. are few. There's all of me was sort uh, of a popular movie, but uh, you know I, I watched that not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And it certainly much of it, much of it stands up. Okay, LA story is is yes. good. Bowfinger, like the stuff he wrote. Roxanne, of course, is, mm-hmm. is easy to follow and uh, and and or easy to love. That actually might even be the the best of the non-jerk sort of yeah realistic yeah. ones. Trying to think, what Steve Martin movies do you like?
0: The Jerk is honestly the okay. one that sticks out the most, which is also what made me laugh because the juggling kittens bit is in this. I know
1: it's so. It's so I always thought that this that it was that it was Let's Get Small, the movie, and then this. So, but it must have been this must have. Yeah, this was seventy eight,
0: and oh, The Jerk came out in seventy nine, right? Yeah, it oh. sounds right. Seventy nine. It must be. It, it must be seventy nine or eighty. I don't certainly, know. yeah. Cer- I'm
1: certainly the. yeah, I guess so. So it was. uh Let's take that from the from the act mm-hmm. and uh and put it in the movie. And it's it was always so interesting to see that bit translated from a stage bit <laughs> mm-hmm. because it, it really does take you completely out of the oh, movie. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. well, not not notwithstanding the fact that he's also the guy in the movie right. that's doing the cat oh, juggling. Right. 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 But go ahead. Sorry. Oh no 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 no. I was just, I was just saying that uh, you know there's a uh it's certainly he's had a, he's had a long, amazing career, and he, and it's just managed to be great often enough to to keep going. You sure. know there was a period up when Bo came out. Oh, Steve Martin's back! Steve Martin's been back so many times. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. You have to have respect for this guy, though. It's, it's, it's hard. I, I yeah, I don't know. The idea of a comeback for him doesn't make any sense. There's no point. It's it's just him. Like he's going to be there. He will be an icon forever. At least he solidified that. Do you did you ever work in speaking of working stand up? Did you did your stand up ever make its way into anything, or was it just an experimental comedy period for you? It
1: was a, it was a period. that it was it's a, it's a, it's a funny story. Uh, at least I hope it's a funny story. I <laughs> started it with it's a funny story. But I was I was at UCI. I was a, a member. I was. Working in the video department, I'm uh-huh. taking all these video classes, making making movies. And I went to make a movie about Jay Leno was coming to our school to uh-huh. do stand up, and he's going to play this 4,000 seat Brent oh, Event geez. Center. And there was a group of comedians. Uh, there was a comedy club at UCI, and there's a bunch of guys who were just doing comedy. And I'm like, I went to make a film about it. That's and awesome. I'm, I'm filming all these guys and there's a nice group of guys and all that stuff. And it, towards the end of it. Uh, They're all doing their bit, and they're like, hey, auditions are tomorrow. And I said, hey, uh, raise my hand. (laughs) And I'm like, what is the qualifications uh, for being in the comedy club? And they said, oh, you have to have attended one meeting. And I'm like, okay, okay, cool. And i on, raise my hand again. I go, "Uh, I've attended one meeting now. Can I audition? And they're like, yeah, 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 sure, yeah. Come on in. It'll be great. So I go in there, and I (laughs) I freaking got it. Uh, shit. much to the trickery of all of these guys who've been there. So <laughs> God. So my first time say, I literally wrote bits in eight hours overnight. Oof. I wrote down a handful of things. When an audition I got was one there was three guys that they picked. So my first show ever doing comedy, I opened with four thousand people uh for oh. opening for Jay Jay Leno. Oh my god. It was awesome. It That's was insane. so so cool. I got to be at the front page of the calendar section for oh. uh the Los Angeles Times. Um uh, and I'm like, well, hey, this comedy thing is easy, you know? Right. A, right. And I stuck with it for a while. We go yeah. we go do uh we go do things, we do auditions and, and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I and I, you know, got to a point where there's some guys are really good in that group and you know you get there and all the things you have to to master i'm like i can either write or i can or i can go to the stand-up room you know and i'm like this there's too much at stake, you know. Sure. So I went, I went the the, the writing, uh, uh, the writing way. But it's 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 an amazing, fun, just amazing, you know, feedback sort of mm-hmm. rush that you get. And, you know, I've been, I I sing the theme song to to the TV show, the to right. Psych, and you know, I played in the band for 20 years plus now. And you know, even that, even you know, doing a show, playing the House of Blues, you mm-hmm. know, with a, a huge group of people that are there, it's nothing compared to an having having the audience in the palm of your hand right. and working it, you know, and it's terrifying at the same time sure. it's so uh, so fun and so that's, that's why I, mean, I have so much respect for for stand-up. You
2: never appreciate your language till you go to a foreign country that doesn't have the courtesy to speak English. <laughs> I went over there thinking no problem, I don't speak any French, I'm thinking no problem, English is a universal language, no, I'll just have, it'll be easy. So I get off the plane, get into the taxi, say to the driver, I did baby talk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Have I started yet? I have. Okay, well then let's just keep going. Oh, so. So anyway, you go to Paris, France. And um, Well, let's go back to what I was talking about, about uh, Paris, France. I remember, don't worry. Um, no. So... Did I say a courtesy to speak English? I said that,
1: okay? Now. You know, to me, to me too, that when, I, when I saw the Adam Sandler, uh, what was it, the Adam Sandler movie from, uh, what he's just it, Oh. Uh, he's dying, he thinks he's dying. For funny her. people. Funny people. Yeah. It was the first time that movie, it was the first time I ever considered, this is how naive I am, <laughs> that someone besides the comic was writing all the jokes. Right, right. And that right. was like, it was, it ruined the movie for me. Sure. I'm sure. like, no, no, Steve Martin <laughs> is the guy who's sitting there and, and jotting all this stuff down. Right. Even now, I still think Jim Gaff again, you know, who's, you know, <laughs> the, the sort of guy that the, he, he's sitting there writing all those jokes. And there's nobody, nobody's right. saying, hey, Jim, you should do this. It's mm-hmm. like, no, these are all things that popped out of his head. He's right. gonna figure it out. He's gonna go work it out with the crowd night mm-hmm. after night. Because that it seems like wait that's that's too processed, to, <laughs> which is
0: so funny too. Because as a TV writer, you have a million people that have to master one character's voice, right? I mean, you have uh-huh. to, everybody's got to have that character's voice down, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. No, certainly. And you know, for me, I, I have an interesting approach to to our show, is where you know usually it's like you try to make sure that it's homogenized until it's all the same exact show. Mm-hmm. But with our writers, we we shoot up in in Vancouver and. I want that to the certain degree that it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But I want, when Solidine Patterson writes an episode, Solidine is, you know, more spiritual than the rest of us. Uh-huh. And I want that to come out. I want it mm-hmm. to feel like Solidine Patterson's interpretation okay. of it. Andy Berman is all about the just the joke and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So I want it to feel like a rat-a-tat, uh, you know, comedic uh, thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, James Rodea, star of our show, he even writes as well. And I want his episodes. They're always dark and twisted, yes. you know. Yeah horror type thing. That's great. That's what I want. Because I want, you know, if you're going to have a writing staff, it's like, let them bring their personalities. to sure. it. I send them up with to to Vancouver with their episodes. They're the executive producer of their episodes. Like yeah. you know, make sure that it tracks and it's still yeah. our story. And I have to watch dailies and and keep an eye on everything. But mm-hmm. it makes it makes the writer more invested. Sure, it uh, it makes for a better show. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like you hire these people, let them let them do their thing. You know, like the secret of success. Uh, you know, it's my secret to success, and it's very simple. It's like you surround yourself with. With great people, and you let them sure. do their job. Yeah. And you know, I, if I have a, if I'm uh, directing an episode, and uh, you know, and the gaffer has a great idea, which they often do, mm-hmm. then then I want to hear it. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to shut down the show. It's like, all right, everybody, everybody got their two two cents in. But right. I, you know, I feel that at any moment. Somebody can can come up with something that's great and helpful yeah, for you. So you know, it's, it's inclusive in a certain way. And sometimes you have to say, "Okay, stop it. I got this right now." Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but I think it's it's a smart way to go.
0: Do you enjoy that more than the lone wolf stand up type thing, or even like being a musician? I mean, they're, di- they're just different. So muscles, different. So you different. Know? different yeah. Like musician, the, the, you know the the. Playing in a band is is so different than
1: it's the opposite of comedy because yeah. it's four minds coming together. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you get to a point when you're playing that everybody knows what the next turn is going to be and all that sure. stuff, and we're not like improv jazz guys, right, right? But it's like even to an ending of a song, and there's a certain degree in you know in the live shows that we do. It's a lot of improv comedy, you know, over yeah. the songs. We play pop songs. We're not, we're not just doing jokey novelty songs. Sure. Certainly, there's plenty of those, and certainly we're gonna do, you know, the song that the Brady Bunch did when they were the Silver Platters. <laughs> we're gonna do that live, of course. That makes sense. We kind of kick ass at it, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's all about knowing what the band is doing, and and especially a live rock show, it's a living, breathing organism. You feed off the audience, yeah. And especially the comedy, you have to feed on the audience of where you go to next. Sure. And I drive, I drive the rest of the band insane because I change the set list constantly.
0: <laughs> I'll write a
1: set list out and it's like, no, 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 we got to go here. We got to do something funny. We should do something serious here. <laughs> so, it, and especially that. And this was so interesting about, once again, that picture with the best fishes on it yes. inside the Steve Martin record. He's got like, Forty-five things, just listed just one after crazy. the other, and he's got like extra bits. And there's these things that I've never money candy mm-hmm. and conservation and uh, bowling for shit. Mm-hmm. Although that, that actually might be, that actually might be one of the ones that I might know that joke. Really? But either way, yeah, okay. but it's you know it's like oh, if you could go back in time uh-huh. and 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 just see this show.
0: Yeah. Do Do you and I? I think people might be sick of this question. Nobody said they're sick of this question, I'm, but I, I ask it every time.
1: I have never heard it, and I think it's the best question you've Thank asked. Thank you yeah. so much.
0: Uh, do you do you miss having physical albums? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, I figured as a as a person who likes things, maybe that's it's cool. it
1: was so hard last year. I had to I had to get rid of take my CD collection down to put it on my computer mm-hmm. and that i blocked out three months to do it <laughs> and i would go through one by one and it's funny because all the albums all the adamant albums mm-hmm. there's all carefully selected seven tracks from it mm-hmm. and then by the time by the time you get to wilco it's like wait i didn't put out of mind out of sight on there it's like <laughs> oh, literally gotten to have to get this done Oh my God. so it was it's just going from cd mm-hmm. down to digital mm-hmm. is was so sad because the compact disc it's the, the the liner notes were so fun yeah. and then you hold up an album it's like you had a giant picture you knew right. who the guys in the band were you, yeah. I knew who William E. McEwen is I don't even know how to pronounce his name I'm imagining it's McKeown, uh-huh. but I knew his name every time it showed up on one of these records yeah. and now with iTunes unless it's iTunes LP and you almost never get any of that stuff mm-hmm. you don't know who the story behind any of the of the, right. of the bands or, or the comedians, that you, it's just, mm-hmm. it's there's something beautiful about being able to click, you know, in the sure. middle of the night. And I do all my, uh, I'll be online at, at nine o'clock on Monday because I know that the Tuesday of uh-huh. all the albums coming out in the East Coast. But it's so, it was so much better yeah. with the with the with the vinyl. You know, I I I laugh at those people who say, "Oh, the sound quality is so much right. better." It's like, right. yeah, I have so many records. I'm so shocked when there's not a scratch or a pop uh-huh. in there, yeah. And, yeah. and I can't tell the difference cd sounds better than anything ever yeah. should have yeah i mean i do notice sometimes when you get the itunes or when you get them on itunes and they've actually been broken down it's almost oh, yeah. a mono mix mm-hmm. you can hear the difference there but sure I, you know i'm not i'm not the guy who has once again the google phonic stereo <laughs> uh, to reference the next album i think yeah i think it was. Yep. Google Fonts, which is another, which is another great bit, uh, but uh, I, I, miss, I miss the, the LPs, and I think, yeah. I think we all should. But I, I don't, I don't think we need to bring them
0: back. No, we definitely don't. We definitely. Do. I, you just don't get little things like this. But I'm fine. You know, the little inserts. Yeah, and, and the like picture. That, is... You know, and there's this
1: great like fold-out Steve Martin with yes. a, uh with electric guitar, which I've never seen Steve Martin with electric no. guitar at any other occasion. But he has an amazing, like, beaded <laughs> strap. It looks like one of the Elvis Eagle uh,
0: jumpsuits. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the exchange, too, though, is that artists are getting more of their money now than they were when LPs were. <laughs> but are they? Combined. Supposedly. <laughs> I That hope friggin' so. Thrift Shop song, those guys, have they don't have a, a label. So, you know, all that money's theirs. Well, you know what? Power to those guys, because yeah. that song's funny, too. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh,
1: uh, you know it's sort of a testament if you can just get somebody to listen yeah you know right and that'll that'll take it. The thing I do miss the most though is you know Tower Records. You could go at one point there was this perfect moment with CDs and they had these listening stations uh-huh. and you could sit there and just listen sure. to records and there was a paragraph about each of those. That's awesome. And I cannot name how many bands that I've discovered just off of those. Okay. You know discovered like for myself, but mm-hmm. uh, um, just off of those listening stations. Yeah, and now you know you you get on iTunes, and even with comedy records, it's like you you have to you click on Steve Martin, and then you say listeners also bought, and yeah. I always try to I always do listeners also bought four levels down. As yeah. soon as you get to four levels down, now you're into new territory. Mm-hmm. Right, so you keep trying to go connected to, connected to, connected to, and that's the only way to sort of find yeah. new stuff now. I mean, I kill to find like a new. A new band, you know, like Fountains of Wayne, that's that, right. you know, oddball pop music. Sure. rock and roll, but not silly and not you know, not trying to be a throwback to anything else.
2: Okay, a lot of percentages. Manager and agent, 30 to 35%. Road expenses, usually 10 to 20%. Uh, development of new material, point oh 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 one I've written that all up in a little pie graph here. Then over here, I have a rubber chicken graph. (laughs) (laughs) Then I figured out uh, potential concert income. If you fill a 3,000-seat hall at $3 per ticket, the gross is uh, $9,000. If you fill a 3,000-seat hall at $750 per ticket, the gross is uh, $22,500. And just for fun, I figured out if you fill a 3,000-seat hall at $800 a ticket... (laughs) Gross is $2,400,000. And uh, this is what I'm shooting for. <laughs> One show. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> I'm finding it's harder with comedy, too, to find something new. It's very difficult. Because I, I'm. Ex- podcasts are the one thing that are exposing me to comics i've never heard of you know yeah and i'm sorry i bring in steve martin which is not the uh are you kidding no 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 no. <laughs> obscurity obscurity is not the point of this podcast sometimes it is like with zero mostel sings that was that was obscure but that <laughs> but, but, you know it doesn't have to happen every time if you're going to recommend this album to somebody who's never heard it before or somehow has never heard steve martin before what would you say like how would you condense why this is important to listen to I say you can learn as a child or as an adult. And and this is something I, I also say. I,
1: I am always trying to learn. I, I, you know, I'm not one of those writers who say, think, okay, I know it. I buy the how to write books all the time. I'm mm-hmm. always continually reading because I think you can always learn. Sure. And this album, listening to it 25 years later, I learned so much about about how to deliver a joke how yeah. to how to frame a joke, how to set up a joke, and it can teach you just about everything you need to know yeah. about comedy. but the amazing thing about this record is it almost almost literally documents a man's turn from being a club comic yeah. into being a superstar and right in the middle of the show it turns to a screaming drunk crazy crowd that every time an f bomb is dropped it is uh, it is yeah. it is greeted with roars of approval <laughs> and uh, you know and he's he's making fun of the the fact that he's so successful sure, sure. i love the joke where he talks about you know we got a new form of transportation we landed we uh, landed down at the airport today and he, he goes it's not you know I, i'm not going to do the joke but okay i'm going to do the joke. Joke, do the joke. Is, it's fine. It not that easy to it was pretty difficult to see I've already blown it but it was talking about landing a station wagon <laughs> down at the airport but he's he's sort of talking about his own success and uh, at the same time you know making fun of it mm-hmm. but at the same time also owning it sure. you know and, sure. uh, and he was it's so weird to think now that his famous bit was, excuse me. You know, he yeah. gets upset, and excuse me. And that, that was what made people yeah. scream. And, you know, it's a product of the time, mm-hmm. and, you know, just the same way that Thrift Shop right now. Right. In 20 years, we're going to go, wait, what? Yes. Yeah, what sir. was that all about? <laughs> but right now, it's, it's very funny. But most importantly, if I was to tell somebody to look at this album, mm-hmm. that they should get this album simply for a moment that happens in the uh, in the giant crowd sequence. And he does a bit called Cat Handcuffs. And Cat Handcuffs is a genius bit about he's upset because he has to buy cat cat handcuffs because his cat's been embezzling from him. And it goes into just a tremendously great, perfect amount of detail in a short mm-hmm. time. And, uh, you know, it's just, and the little terms he used just the 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 two front ones that go over the kitty paws and that you can't return them because they have spit all over them and then you know in the turn at the end it's well sure they're fun you know it's 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 the perfect bit of silly ridiculous smart great humor okay cool uh you know one of the great things uh if if the the batteries just went out in the in the setup here, and if for some reason the last word was oddly cut off, mm-hmm. we'll just blame it on the guy who actually mixed this That's comedy rude. album, who just faded things down. He in the does strange cut way. this show. So, yes, oh, yeah. and so he's the, the same guy. <laughs> we should actually find out his name. Oh, actually, we probably shouldn't. We probably shouldn't, because we—I don't know if if we—if we—we're—we're both—we're both both apologists for him, and that. that. I'll just say that uh, something might have cut out. But, uh, anyways, I—I this is the part of the show where I'm supposed to plug something, although I don't really think I need to. I, I just wanted to be here and and to support this great cause that Jason has going on in this wonderful thing of comedy, talking about comedy records. I would love to come back and do any other record. That'd be good. Maybe not the Gallagher record. Maybe I should. <laughs> Maybe I should be the one person who is holding up
0: the flag of the, oh the original Gallagher, Gallagher uh, record. Gallagher himself might actually.
1: Has anyone ever done reality? What a concept! The Robin Williams. Uh, no, that's the one Tim Amundsen wanted to do next. Actually. Oh, I I have that record. If he needs it. Okay. So good. Uh, that's that's in my collection. I have so many that I uh, that I've never brought up. But um, I guess if I'm going to plug something, I'm going to plug Psych. It's on USA Network on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. right now, and uh, we're just about. Nine, ten episodes into our fourteen episode run mm-hmm. of this season, mm-hmm. and we also—sorry, enough. Sorry, not
0: enough episodes.
1: Not, not never. Good. Well, there are sixteen. There, there is okay. a, uh, there is an episode that's going to play sometime later in the year. I'm not allowed to say when, or okay. pretend like I don't know when it is. But okay. it could be far off in the future. That actually is going to be run sort of out of sequence, but it's a two-hour psych musical movie. And it's 14 songs, and I wrote the songs, um, learning them from Tom Lehrer and a little bit from Steve Martin, Mm -hmm. how about that, there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I co-wrote them also with with Adam Cohen, who was our composer. He made the songs orchestral and Beauty and the Mm Beast-like. And I started with that acoustic guitar there and wrote these giant show tunes on acoustic guitar. Uh but that'll air later in the year, and it's so much fun and i'm I'm more proud of it than anything uh that we've ever done here and that the great thing about that is it was supposed to it fits logically between episodes eight and nine of this year uh-huh and they're going to air it after the end of the season. Uh-huh. So there are continuity errors up the wazoo. You won't believe how many things are, are completely wrong. Although there's a tiny way to explain it at mm-hmm. the end. But uh, the, your drinking game, mm-hmm. if you have a drinking game for continuity errors in the Psych Musical, I would um, certainly um, enjoy somebody um, putting that together <laughs> because it will be fun. But it, it, it will kind of make sense in, in a very strange way. Um, once you've seen the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, but that'll air later. And then we're we're hard at work on season eight oh, right now. Good. I'm leaving here soon to go shoot uh, the third episode of. Well, not it's going to air second. We never shoot them in the right order. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but it's going to. It's a it's a mashup of a uh, of a. Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels type thing mm-hmm. with Harry Potter, so uh, <laughs> yes, which I think that's... those two naturally <laughs> oh seem God. to to go uh, together. So we're gonna shoot that. Fingers crossed, uh, but it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a little, a little Guy Ritchie esque, and uh, it'll have a lot of things that we don't usually do. That's so good. So and this has been so much fun. I, I love just. I, I can we just do this without recording it? Can we just sure. on it like once every three days? Yes. Just talk about a record. I'll and just Come
0: down to Manhattan Beach. Okay, I'll come up.
1: I'll come up to Burbank. Yay, that's good. And With some candy, again, I though. can go to Paquito Moss when oh, I'm up. There you up go. In, yeah, that's uh, a nice place. That, that works. That always makes it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I do. I do need to ask, and this is, should be very important. It should be definitely part of the podcast. Don't edit this out. Okay. I need a good donut place in mm-hmm. Burbank. Okay,
0: is there one? Yeah, I mean, uh, we talking about like super specialty or like I'm at like five minutes, but either way, sorry. I have talked. This is I have broken the record. <laughs> I've talked my way through
1: three batteries. Please heavily edit this down, especially I'm entirely when I don't, to blame. I don't answer any of the questions. That's I just fine. keep talking and, and going on. And no I actually had started a conversation about what's a great place uh, in, for Burbank, donuts, for donuts. in Burbank for donuts. There so. is
0: a place on Magnolia. And I can't remember the name of it because I feel like an ass, but it, there's a nice, there's a good place on Magnolia, a um, Giant Donut on
1: this. I am going to drive up to Magnolia and I'm going to find that place. Okay, I think you should. And so, um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's very important. We do this again. I'm going to, uh, we're going to, we're going to bring back up this whole donut discussion. That's fine. I'll, I'll do my research before. It'll be very important. I was ill prepared. When we do press for the show, they, they'll send mm-hmm. us in a room and mm-hmm. you go to a table and it has like a group of. People from the blogs and and, and newspapers and whatnot. And you go to each table and they each have like two or three (laughs) questions. And I always imagine they're incredibly bored and they've never heard of the show. Mm -hmm, mm Because that usually turns out to be correct. Right. So the first thing I do is I'm like, okay, you're from, you know, they say they're from Key West, Florida. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, well, I want to, you know, (laughs) Kelly McGillis has a restaurant down there Uh that's really great. I ask them about restaurants in their cities and almost always I get the best. Recommendations. That's good. Okay. Yeah. So that's uh, that's why I'm hoping to make sure that I get out of of you, Jason, at some point. I will find that, something so good for you. We're gonna find some good stuff. And um, and thank you for listening to this incredibly important and important <laughs> podcast. Oh, and I do I do want to. There is something I want to plug that. Okay. That I read off of your um, website, and that is if you feel compelled to monetarily compensate Jason for all the hard work <laughs> and all the stuff, <laughs> then do it because
0: this is it's a good good thing. I'll take it. We the, have shirts right there, right? We have t-shirts that you can get. We don't have a donation button cuz it we have oh, some problems with it. Okay. All right, then just buy the t-shirts. Buy They're the t-shirts. great t-shirts and they probably fit really good. You can PayPal it to me. That's just a great go right exactly. Ahead. So there we go. So that's uh-huh. what I'm plugging in today. All right. Well, that's very nice of you. I thank you so much for doing this. Oh, this is so fun. So much fun for me. And everybody, thank you for listening, and as always, have a good thing.
2: One last thing. If you bought my album and you came down here expecting me to do a lot of routines from the record and I didn't do them, maybe one or two, there's a reason for that. I think performers have to move on. You just can't do the same old material over and over and over, and it's kind of a cheat, I think, to rely on the same stuff. And if you don't agree with me, well, excuse One of the greatest art exhibits ever to tour the United States. Is the
0: Treasures of Tutankhamun or King Tut? Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, rate us highly, and write your reviews. You can follow us on Facebook.com comedyonvinyl and Twitter at Comedy Did you do the monkey? in Arizona, move
2: the battle. They line up just to see I take all my money and bought me a museum. Buried with a donkey. Crocodile. He gave his life for tourism